It's Saturday, March the 6th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, America's jobs exceed expectations and Canada's fourth vaccine. First, the week in brief. America added 379,000 jobs to the payroll in February, exceeding analysts' expectations as its vaccination drive progressed, social distancing restrictions eased, and many businesses reopened. The unemployment rate remained steady, decreasing by only 0.1% from the previous month to 6.2%. Even at this pace, though, America would take another 25 months to return to its pre-COVID level of jobs. Joe Biden's proposed $1.9 trillion stimulus package moved closer to passing the Senate after a compromise was reached with Joe Manchin, a moderate Democratic senator. Democratic leaders agreed that a weekly $300 unemployment benefit would end in September, Mr. Manchin's opposition to a longer period of payments and his threat to vote with Republicans had stalled the bill's passage. A vote may now take place over the weekend. Canada approved a COVID-19 vaccine made by Janssen, a subsidiary of Johnson & Johnson, for emergency use. It is the fourth jab Canada has given the green light to. Janssen's vaccine, which was also approved in America this week, is given as a single dose and does not require very cold storage, making distribution easier. A European Union report revealed that women in EU countries have been disproportionately affected by the pandemic because they make up the majority of workers in health and other frontline jobs. In addition to raising concerns about women's overrepresentation in lower-paid sectors, the report warned that the trends could widen the gender pension gap and other inequalities for decades to come. Antony Blinken, America's Secretary of State, announced a visa ban on Igor Kolomoisky for involvement in significant corruption and undermining the rule of law. The Ukrainian oligarch was governor of the Dnipropetrovsk Oblast region of central Ukraine in 2014 and 2015. The move is seen as an attempt to support Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, in his fight against graft. Mr. Kolomoisky denies all wrongdoing. Usman Sonko, a Senegalese opposition MP, returned to custody after briefly appearing in court. He is accused of rape, a charge that he denies and alleges is designed to prevent him opposing Macky Sall, Senegal's president, in the next election. Protests over his arrest have engulfed the country since Wednesday. Clashes between protesters and police have resulted in one death. And Chevron Corporation, the second-largest American oil producer, announced it will buy the shares in noble midstream partners it does not already own, valuing the pipeline operator at $1.3 billion. The deal comes less than six months after Chevron took over the parent company, Noble Energy, for $4.1 billion. Now, here's today's agenda. Prime Ministerial Postcard Churchill's artwork. After the Casablanca Conference of 1943, where some Allied leaders discussed military strategy for the next phase of the Second World War, Winston Churchill and Franklin Roosevelt took a trip to Marrakesh. Britain's leader believed the Moroccan city was simply the nicest place on earth to spend an afternoon. There, he and the American president picnicked, watching the sunset from their villa. 
After Roosevelt returned to America, Churchill stayed on to paint. He created Tower of the Kutubia Mosque, the only landscape he produced during the war, and later gave it to the president for his birthday. The picture was sold by Roosevelt's family in the 1960s, remaining hidden in a private collection until 2011, when it was purchased by Brad Pitt for his then-partner Angelina Jolie. This week, it sold at auction in London to an anonymous bidder for £8.3 million, $11.5 million including fees, a record for a painting by the former Prime Minister. Super Hunk, Nabokov's Lost Poem This week, a new poem by Vladimir Nabokov was published, although the Russian-American author of Lolita has been dead for 44 years. The Man of Tomorrow's Lament was written in 1942, but has been lost for decades. Scholars only knew of its existence thanks to oblique references in Nabokov's letters. But it was recently discovered in the archives of Edmund Wilson, a friend of Nabokov, and appeared yesterday in the Times Literary Supplement. The poem, a dramatic monologue from the point of view of the comic book character Superman, was originally intended for publication in The New Yorker. It discusses the Man of Steel's repressed sexual urges and was turned down by editors because some lines were too risque. The poem included descriptions of the superhero's tremendous thighs and prodigious sap, alongside more literary references to William Shakespeare's King Lear. Superman has never been so scholarly or so smutty. Trash Talk, the NBA All-Star Game the National Basketball Association's All-Star Game, scheduled for Sunday, is always somewhat unusual. It is an exhibition match in which the best players from across the league are assembled to compete. Normally, it is frivolous fun. Players revel in the cachet of being selected, while the teams take risks and play to the crowd. But this season it stands out for a different reason. The normally boisterous athletes involved are talking it down. The pandemic has meant that the NBA is struggling to fulfil its regular fixtures. LeBron James, the NBA's biggest star, said he has zero excitement about the game. Yanis Antetokounmpo, another player, admitted he would rather see his family. Keisha Lance Bottoms, mayor of Atlanta, the host city, has pleaded with fans not to travel to the event. But the game's broadcasting revenue is worth up to $60 million by one estimate. The NBA seems unwilling to miss that free throw. Wild Hogs – How Swine Keep Forests Healthy Feral pigs, or sus scrofa, are among the most widespread mammals on Earth. Hardy and adaptable, their soil-disturbing and lamb-slaying antics mean they are labelled as pests wherever they roam. But new work in Proceedings of the Royal Society B, a journal, reports that hordes of hogs may actually benefit some ecosystems. Ecologists studying a hyperdiverse Malaysian forest found that tree biodiversity more than doubled in areas where pigs had nested. They think they know why. When expecting piglets, the parents build birthing nests from hundreds of tree saplings. In the course of gathering their materials, they trample and prune the most abundant saplings, which, by definition, belong to the dominant local species. This hampers the proliferation of the commonest trees and enables rarer trees, which otherwise would have been crowded out, to flourish. Feral pigs' inadvertent tree husbandry suggests that the perception of them as rampaging barbarians may be unfair. 
exit interview, Harry and Meghan. What a difference three years makes. In May 2018, millions celebrated the wedding of Prince Harry, spare to the British throne, to Meghan Markle, a Californian actor. Tomorrow evening, Oprah Winfrey, America's talk show queen, will question the couple on their abrupt and acrimonious departure from royal life. It is their first major interview since leaving Britain last year amid a storm of negative and often racist press coverage. Ms Markle is the first mixed-race member of the family. The firm is used to embarrassing confessions from former leading ladies. In 1995, Princess Diana suggested the royals viewed her popularity as a threat. The following year, having divorced Prince Andrew, Sarah Ferguson told Ms Winfrey that royal life was not a fairy tale. The family can fight back, too. This week, Buckingham Palace announced an investigation into claims Ms Markle bullied staff. Ms Markle dismissed the accusations. Netflix's The Crown should take note. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Stanislav Yertsi Letz, who was born on this day in 1909. Thoughts like fleas jump from man to man, but they don't bite everybody. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.